the first time in a long time, emotions got the better of me. Yeah. And I felt like I wanted to go and eat the world. Disclaimer. So today, we're going to speak to you, not as your business partners, not as your colleagues, not as whatever we are with you. I know you can't talk too much about it under NDA, but it was a, I would say it was a bitter ending. I don't think they treated you right. Would you say you've, you've got something to prove to the people that stuck a few knives in your back? I, I don't know if people stuck a few well, knives I'm in my back. Well, I'm saying they did. Okay. So I'm not under NDA. Okay. Whoa. Wow. 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 Guns was blazing. Was but I think you've been single for a long time or you've had not... Most have, of my life. Haven't had a, a serious relationship, really. Yeah. Do, do you feel that at times and maybe even now you're lonely? Welcome to episode seven of the Three Entrepreneur Podcast. Today is a very special podcast because we are interviewing our first guest. And today it is none other than Mr. Super Prime himself, Daniel Daggers. There he is. Welcome. The man. Welcome, welcome to the Three Entrepreneur welcome. Podcast. Uh, and thank you for your time. Um, so just before we get to things, the fee. Do not forget to pay the fee. Uh, we don't run ads. We don't make any money from this podcast. In fact, we lose money. So if you gained anything, if you found it funny, if you learned anything, which I'm sure you will today, please pay it forward. Like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, rate it five stars. Now, one more thing before we get started. Disclaimer. So today, we're going to speak to you, not as your business partners, not as your colleagues, not as whatever we are with you, but as podcast hosts. Is that right? Yeah, is that I think what that's we are? right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, always nervous is drinking water. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, ready. okay, over to Benji, please uh, take it away. So without further ado, um, there will be a lot of people that are listening that know your story and know your background. There will be people that don't. I will give a bit of an information about yourself because if you do it, the podcast will be finished by the time you stop talking. So, I mean, I um, might go through this podcast without saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely not going to happen. I've got some notes. I don't know why, because I know it all anyway. Um, but so those who don't know, Daniel um, grew up in social housing, um, was a single child to um, Israeli Yemenite mother with an English father. Um, and tried to make it as a professional footballer. Um, excuse the pun, his dreams were shattered when he broke his collarbone and then stumbled um, across Vickers in, in Maida Vale, moved over to uh, Knight Frank in the St. John's Wood office and then went to the, uh, the private office and essentially was running the show there, was the number one agent at the business in London, potentially globally. So that's a bit of background about Daniel. Um, Daniel, first question. Why did Knight Frank fire you? They didn't fire me and I can't talk about it. And one day I'll be able to, you'll just have to buy the book. Let's <laughs> buy the book. Tell us, tell us, but tell us more. Tell us a little bit about how it ended at night, Frank. I can't because you guys have to, well, should appreciate knowing what we do for a living, right? That when very successful people approach us and say, hey, can you please act for us? Sometimes they ask you to sign NDAs, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't want you to disclose everything. It's not they don't trust you. They just want some protection. Um, I left my previous business with an NDA, so I can't talk about it. It'd be foolish for me to do that. And also, I don't think it's my story to tell yet. All right? And so maybe I'll come back on, on the show so, when you're on your 1400th um, episode and uh, I'll come in and go, okay, guys, I'm ready to... Um, to share the story. To share the story, yeah. So if what had happened hadn't have happened, mm. would you still be at Night Frank now? Maybe, maybe not. I had, I had a different vision um, 
to that business. I loved that business. Um, I still care for that business, but I felt that the industry was moving a different way. And fast forwarding three and a half to four years, we can see how the industry is moving, right? You guys are here, you're accompanying me on the journey and things are changing. And a lot of people have left these big organizations and, and are leaving and um, doing their own independent thing on platform businesses. And, and that, is the, that is the route that I felt our industry was gonna go. And so I wanted to prepare, excuse me, prepare the business to, for that change, right? But, um, so would I still be there? It's hard to say, maybe mm. not, maybe not. Um, and did you, when you left, did you envisage starting your own company straight away or did you? I didn't have a choice. Look, well, no, but I mean, of course there's other agencies out there. I'm sure there was lots of suitors for Mr. Daniel Daggers. <laughs> like, how did, did. That, how did that thought process? No, no, choice. How did that happen? No, I mean, like, I think that, how do I put this? It's really hard to explain. I think that I, the view the industry had of me was that I was an entrepreneur, right? That I was a guy who was doing things slightly differently. I was clearly successful at what I was doing and I had a route and I had a way and I had a desire to do it that way. Mm. And I think some companies probably didn't want the risk. Some companies might have felt that I was too expensive. Um, also, I could have probably affected co company culture, um, which big organizations might not what wanted, especially if they weren't brokerages. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, at the time, one of the head guys of Foxton's, who I'd never met before, was the first person to reach out to me and say, hey, I'd love to have a coffee with you. Mm. He's no longer at Foxton's, but we're still friends. Yeah. Um, and he's a super nice guy. But I thought that was very an interesting move by him. Mm. Um, because big corporate agency business, not not brokerage. And I thought, well, he's quite entrepreneurial. Mm. Just mm. just simply by by reaching out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, does that answer your yeah, question? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about just one more? Oh. The emotions that you felt when you left. Yeah. Like when that all happened or whatever happens, how did you really feel? Like behind closed doors when you're on your own? Felt terrible. I felt terrible. Mm. And you go through like a like. When you leave a business, mm. whether you choose or get asked to or, or you get pushed either way, um, it's like a breakup, mm. right? And I get a lot of people from big businesses reaching out to me and say, listen, I'm about to leave. What should I do? Exactly. I've got someone call me this evening for some advice. And the truth is, is that it's like having a breakup. Mm. I spent 12 years in my previous business. It was like my partner. Mm. And that's all you know. You know, these big businesses are really good at, at sort of keeping you blinkered and within their environment. And they do a great job at it, which is why their retention was very, very good. Um, and when you leave or when you've had a breakup, so anyone can recognize this, when you have a breakup, except Benji's and he had one girlfriend um, <laughs> who is, who's engaged to now and she's lovely. Um, but Debatable. when you have, what, whether or not she's lovely. Yeah. She doesn't watch the podcast. She finds, you too, she, finds, she finds you too boring. She does watch podcasts. I think this podcast will be too boring. It's a serious podcast. Um, we can so change that, Talia. When you have... Uh, Jesus. Oh, my God. When... when um, I'm does the buttons. When you, um, when you break up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your partner, you go through every emotion on the sun. Yeah. You get super upset. Then you, then you get very angry. Then you have probably an element of remorse mm. and then you move on. Yeah. I think you go through the same, same thing when you leave a business. And so on that, we've all, in a previous podcast, one of the first episodes, we all spoke about our lowest points. You know, when you're saying, 
with your kids, you know, you're lying in bed thinking, where's my next deal gonna come from? I've lost deals, you know, things that you mentioned where we've had our lowest points. I think when you left Night Frank, it was um, very well publicized. There was a lot of negative media out there. Mm -hmm. Would you say that was your lowest point or is there perhaps another period in your life that you've gone through hardship? Um, yeah, I mean, like everyone's lives, we've all gone through difficult times. Everyone's got a story to tell. Um, I've had plenty of difficult moments in my life and it's just how you handle them. Daniel, mm. that actually brings me on to my question. Which Working I've actually with been... you. Working with you. <laughs> yeah. It's been a bloody nightmare. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Yeah, it does bring me on to my next point. And it, what you just said kind of ties into this too. Like, it's something I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. Yeah. I've known you now for about four years, worked with you for about three and a half. And um, I want you to be really honest, okay? And I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But I think I know what he's going to say. <laughs> something has happened to you, like, in your life for you to be the way you were. Wait, the I'm way you are, sorry. the way you are. Like, I'll explain that because there's obviously going to be listeners who have no idea what I'm talking about right now, probably even Benji and Ollie. However, you've pushed me. Um, in the moment, I probably hated you for it, but you've pushed me to tears at sometimes, as you remember, will remember. You've pushed me to my absolute limits, but then also broken me through what I thought was my limit. So as my boxing trainer, I've been crying, kicking pads up for a, uh, training up for a fight. And only you and him have really pushed me in a positive way to the point of tears, uh, but for the best. You've obviously got very high standards for yourself to do that for other people, let alone yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and, and for people working within your business. So what, something has happened to you. What happened to you? Like there must be some sort of like childhood trauma or experience, or there's something that happened, or there's an ex-girlfriend who dumped you that you want to prove wrong. Oh, what, it's about what, life, it's life. Life. I've just That's lived, it. just lived more years than you guys. That's it. And, and and that is you know it's hard for people to appreciate that, right? Because when when people say, "Oh, your parents know more than you," well, listen to mum, listen to dad, listen to your older brother, and you're like, "Yeah, whatever. You don't know anything." The truth is that they have a lot of experience in life, even though now it's slightly different because we're going through a world of total evolution really quickly, um, and and things are changing, and the digital landscape is equally as important as the physical landscape, and so on and so on. But like, I really think that this that life is a game and it's how well you play it. And in my life, I've had like loads of difficult circumstances, right? Like when you're the only kid who goes to a local youth club and you're the only Jewish boy, you get beaten up every week. Then you have to learn how to fight. And I wasn't a good fighter, but I wouldn't stay down. I knew that if I got, if I was the easy, the easy pick and I would stay down, I'd be picked on every day. But after a little while, if I kept getting up, they might be nervous that I'll land a punch. And so after a little while, mm -hmm. they sort of let you go. You realize that's what life's about. You know, people are gonna take liberties with you unless you're strong and you hold your ground. And then the same thing, like I've had a life full of failure. You wouldn't see that. You, you, you see success, that's what people wanna see. They see success, you don't see failure. I mean, I document how hard I work. Mm. But you don't see, I wanted to be a professional football, all my friends ribbed me, thought I was useless, wasn't good enough, didn't make it, broke my collarbone, that's an excuse, I wasn't good enough. I had to understand that and respect it and, and own it. Then at school, I was rubbish at school. Mm. You know, I was told that I was stupid, <clears throat> so I had bad grades, so that was a failure. I was poor at chatting girls up, I didn't have the confidence. That means that I was a failure. Society would tell you that you're a failure. You're just slow at 
at proving yourself. You're just slow at learning, right? Mm. You just, you don't want to take the plunge. So would you say that that's what drives you, a combination of all these things? Because the reason I ask is because you are one of the hardest workers that I know. One of maybe the tenth hardest. When I first met Daniel, he said to me, "Do you think you work harder than me?" Do you remember that? In yeah, Firehouse? And what did you say? I said, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> <laughs> and then after after about two months, what happened? Yeah, I you admitted that you're a hard work. worker. Oh, Alex was like, Alex was oh, like, this is hard work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. oh wow. I'm out. Wait, 5 p.m. Are we not? <laughs> well, that was a really hard day. Wait, I'll see on. you tomorrow. <laughs> Alex, was, Alex was exhausted by 9.45 in the morning. <laughs> no, it's an ongoing joke. But like, would you say that, that you're obviously a very hard worker. You yep. you are always available. You always answer our phone calls, even if it's like midnight. Yep. Um, when we work on big deals, even small deals, you know, you're always available. You're always on top of people. But would you say that all those things that you just said, probably all those things I think were from your childhood, being the only Jewish boy. Yeah, most of, most of your life is framed by 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 your childhood. Mm. Okay. Well, I really believe that. I yeah. think your childhood teaches you so much. Mm. Um, and then you have to choose to learn from every circumstances that you end up being in. So my belief, yeah. my belief, and I've said this to you guys before, um, is that people's expectation levels, don't expect anything from anyone else. But it's okay to have some levels of expectation of yourself. And I think that people are very happy with this. Mm -hmm. I've done this with you guys before. Mm. People, people, because all you guys works with groups of people that work till six o'clock and then shut off and, but they want loads of success and the Rolls Royce and the Beamer and the this and the that and the private jets. They all want this, mm. but they clock off at six and then at three o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, they're in the pub. And you all want loads of success but you haven't seen what it takes because you haven't had that mentor, that person who's been there and done it. And then all of a sudden that mentor goes, oh, okay, so you want to do this much work, but you want this much success. Mm. Well, there's a mismatch there. Mm. So, so how, do you, how do you bridge that gap? Well, it's effort, it's learning, mm. it's being inquisitive and learning from everyone that you ever come across. And I feel that people are prepared to do this, but they're capable of doing this. And that's why I'm tough. Mm. And so just backtracking a tiny bit to saying how but you I think, think I'm tough and fair, by the way. Yeah, of course. As Alex said, you know, one of the few people that, you know, you can, you can break someone down, but for their best interest and to make them a better person. I think we all know that when you're tough on us, it's because it's for the best for us. 100%. Yeah, um, yeah we, it's very fair. We know that. And for you, because if you get the best out of us, you get the best. Well, that's my job. Business. Yeah. yeah. Mm. My, my, my job, obviously, is to do business. But the way the business is set up is that the better I, or the more effort and, and help I give you guys, the better you guys will be. That's a compounding value increase for me, yeah. mm -hmm. right? From a selfish point of view. But you guys will earn more and be more successful. And hopefully you're in it for the long run and it's, a, is, you know, we, we're going to build together. Mm. So it kind of leads me on to, to one of two questions, but I'll start with the second question. So you're one of the very few people that I know will give, whether that's, in in any sense you'll give but you will not expect back yeah why because there's no point because we've all dealt with so many people in you know let's say corporate companies where you think you might have a manager who gives you advice mm. but we all know it's only going to benefit them i genuinely feel that you don't expect back it's not really about that it's more about i've i've found out in my life that doing goodbye people helps you Right? And so why don't I just 
have that attitude consistently. Why don't I do that? Because the world's becoming a smaller place. So the more people you can have a positive impact on, the more likely you are to get a positive impact on yourself from other people because there's more of them that will know that you are a positive person in an industry that's really tricky and shark-infested waters, but mm. you're the person who's going to give the right advice. You're going to say it how it is. You're going to do good by people. Yeah. And I think that's extremely valuable, and I felt that over my career. So on the surface of it, you know you're helping that person, but deep down you are also helping yourself. Well, with zero expectation. I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't give you help going, yeah, yeah, but you're going to pay me back in five years or three years, or when I set up my business, you have to come and work with me. I didn't say that. Mm. didn't say that to anybody. But if I do a lot of good for people and I add value to people's lives, I think people want a lot more of that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like what I say, you know, the, the best line people, people appreciate is, um, I'll handle it, don't worry. Mm. Makes people feel very comfortable. And, yeah. and so, <clears throat> as I was saying before, backtracking a little bit, going back to your childhood and you saying that you feel that you're a product of your upbringing yeah. and you know you wanting to take responsibility to help other people yeah do you think being an only child had any role in that yeah 100 percent. because i'm constantly in competition myself because i didn't have a brother to have or mm. sister to have competition with so i'm always in competition myself so that's one thing that's why i'm eternally driven because mm. i don't benchmark against other people i just learn from them so someone does a 50, 100 million pound deal or done multiple deals, I go, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what they're doing that is making them successful. I don't go, oh, I need to beat you, mm. right? So if I go to that person and I get a lot of value out of them and I understand it myself, I think I can implement very well. So being an only child has benefited me that way. Mm. It was tough though growing up because yeah. you know when you're when you're a kid and my dad used to call me action action man because yeah. all I wanted to do was go and kick the ball about. I mean I could climb the ceiling if I you know when I had so much energy. Yeah. Um the other the, the weakness it made me is that when I want to speak to somebody I want them now. Yeah. So you guys know mm. when I call you or when I text you, mm. I want a response immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's partially because of the way I was, I was brought up. Brum, yeah. My mum my, my was always there for me. And my, and my dad used to come home. I was so thankful for the way my, my parents raised me. Mm. But my dad used to come home and he would take me to the park or to the, to the green opposite the flat we lived in. And we would go and play football for, he'd kick the ball up in the air and I'd go and con run around and control it. And, yeah. Fetch. You know, play fetch, fetch like fetch. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of leads me on. So. What a wanker. <laughs> Having obviously followed... It was a form of fetch. Right? <laughs> it's a bit like now when I ask you to do something. <laughs> <laughs> um, having obviously followed you on social handles for many years, yeah. before I, I met you, I've never seen any uh, relationships that you've had on social media, yeah. any partners or taking anyone out on dates or introducing us to your following on social media. Yep. And I suppose it kind of goes into what you were just saying about your upbringing. Do, do you feel that at times and maybe even now you're lonely? Mm, I think there are moments in my life, I'm, I'm used to being on my own. Like my parents moved abroad when I was 25 and I was quite content with that because my parents are now 83 and 80. So what's that 18 years ago give or take they they moved they moved abroad they moved to israel and i thought it was a good thing for them mm. i was trying to be selfless in my view right where 
Um, weather's good, food is good, family's there, it's a good mood for them. Mm. So I would come home and I would sit at home alone if I wasn't dating somebody at the time and I'd be alone with my thoughts, which has made me very strong. Yeah. Yeah, because I've gone through really dark moments when you're at home by yourself and yeah. you doubt yourself and you're not happy about something and someone's upset you and you're going through a breakup and you're alone. Mm. You know, there's only a certain amount of TV you can watch, yeah, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, I, I'm not often lonely i can sit on the couch all weekend mm. and be very very comfortable content, yeah. right, and content but to your first point um i don't show my whole life on social channels i think that would be too much for me mm -hmm. and so i need to create boundaries yeah and i think everyone should consider that mm. yeah um people don't want to be on my socials they won't be on my socials if i don't want people on my socials they won't be on my socials mm. um so yeah that's how I feel about it. And so talking about social media, which, you know, I think you started in, you know, in, in central London. In well, terms me and Mark was up. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Tom from MySpace? <laughs> I call him MZ, actually. <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, walking around with your, you know, putting your face on camera. Yeah. Petrifying. Um, Petrifying. Yeah. And I know the story when you did it when you were in, <clears throat> in New York, you know, 80 floors high in the sky and you had 2,000 people and thought, wow, this is amazing. And, and I think everyone in central London in the real estate game has followed you, which I think- you No, know, no, you thought I was bonkers. Thought you were bonkers, <laughs> but everyone is now doing it. So you must be immensely proud of that. Them. If someone were to offer you 10 million pounds to never post on social media again, yeah. would, would I you take, take it? it? Great question, no. <laughs> why? why? expand, you expand. Why? <clears throat> um, because um, for you to sell anything in today's world, whether it's a service or a product, you need to be able to speak to customers and clients and future clients and communities, right? Who will champion you and your services. Well, how do you do that without social channels? It's huh? just like um, KSI and uh, the drink Prime. Yeah, mm. well, we, we keep, we've yeah, said it's, it's, it's like, like anything, Alex. Anything. It's like anything. Yeah. It's like, you know. You need an audience. I've got influence. Look, I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of like, VCs, um, tech guys, and you can build the best product under the sun, but if people don't know about it, it doesn't exist basically. They won't buy it. Mm. Mm. And so you need to, there's an element of awareness. Now, previously for you to set up your business, you often had to go to a man who owned an office because he was wealthy or influential. And so he often came from a very similar background to a lot of people and they had an office and then you had to, abide by the office owner and you had to work there and sit by a desk and hope that people walked into the office and nowadays you don't need to do that because the customer is online and so you think that and so the question you're asking me by the way is yeah. do i think i can generate more than 10 million pounds yeah um through social channels during my lifetime absolutely yeah not, not necessarily though because the 10 million pounds but I don't look at it that way, right? You could make from having a social well, it following. Wasn't, it wasn't terms and conditions. It was just a basic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just a basic. And and so if you think, how far do you think you wouldn't take ten million pounds right no, now? I don't. I don't look at my social following as like a form of wealth. I look at it as my community, and they support me through stuff. Yeah, there's some people there that don't like me and just want to laugh at me. Find find any reason to laugh at me. Okay, no problem, right? But that's my community of people. That's people that I've spent the past eight years with communicating. And I feel honored for the fact that they want to see what I'm doing with my life and how I'm building my business and mm. supporting you guys and, mm. and doing stuff like that. That's an honor. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
we skipped a question. So I just want to bring it back to your home life, which I think a lot of people don't hear much about because you don't share everything on social media, which is completely fair. Yeah. However, we know you've just met someone who is lovely. I even said, don't let her go. Do you think that will affect your career? So I'm not going to talk about my private life. <laughs> I did warn you guys that I wouldn't oh, talk yes, about my you private are. life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and that's um, the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you something that I think is really important. Yeah. Okay, whether or not it's a girlfriend, a wife, a boyfriend, um, a husband, whatever it may be. Anyone who you really care about and really cares about you is someone that you need to cherish in your life. Because in my experience, life can slap you when you least expect it, okay? You might be flying high and all of a sudden there's a massive change. Could be health, could be business, could be anything. And you will need the support. You'll want the support, you'll need the support, but more importantly, you want to be there to be someone else's support. Mm. That's one thing that I love. I absolutely love the fact that when there is a problem, people call me. I love it. I love being of service of people. I really do get off on the fact that when shit hits the fan, people trust me with decisions yeah, or support. And I think that's anybody in your life. You know, you'll you have groups of people that you want to go out and party with. You have groups of people that you want to have dinner parties with. There'll be groups of people that you want to have a one-on-one -on -one coffee with. There'll be groups of people you want to go to play golf with. And there'll be groups of people that you will cherish every moment with who will support you through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. Look, can I just just touch upon that one more time? Because this is something that um, he's really digging out, aren't you? No, because this, <laughs> do you know what? I, I <clears throat> a lot of my motivation and drive came from uh, one one of my f ever first ever girlfriends who caused me a lot of heartache. She broke my heart, and that caused my whole career to like kick off because I wanted to prove her point. wrong. Yeah, prove her wrong. Yeah. Um, and I actually spoke to her recently. Harry doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> um, I spoke to her recently and like we spoke about this. Um, so, uh, and I think a lot of people like I did at one point in my life think that a relationship can affect your career. I know that you, I think, because I know we don't speak a lot about your personal life. When we do speak, it's usually about business and deals that we're doing, etc. But I think you've been single for a long time or you've had not- Most have, of my life. Haven't had a, a serious relationship really. Yeah. Um, so do you think that's had an impact positively on your career? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I've just had more time to think yeah. about work. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. And okay. so, um, some people might look at it as a sacrifice. Yep. Just depends, isn't it? Mm. Quite a yeah. few girlfriends though. A couple. Too like, many. Can I tell a funny story? No, don't <laughs> tell any story. And so I think... I think it's fair to say <laughs> stories are not meant to be shared. <laughs> I think I think it's fair to say, as you just touched on yourself, you know, there's a lot of people that um, that can call you, and you'll be there. And I know, if, you know, as one, I'm one of those people that if I've got a problem, I know I can call you, and, and you'll be there. And I think there's a lot of people that you have helped, you know, in your career, business-wise, friendship-wise, that you've had an impact on their lives. This is a pretty deep question, but. And, and something, you know, that none of us want to ever think about, but what do you think your funeral will look like? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Christ. This what do I think my funeral will look like? Yeah. Jesus. Considering the amount of lives you've touched, not just on a surface level, but like on a deeper, that you have been there I for I don't people. really know. I, I, th <clears throat> I think that what I would love to happen is um, when I'm gone, yeah, um, 
I would love to play in a football team in heaven and <laughs> I would like to play centre midfield. No. So you'll relive uh, your uh, life and you won't play for Arsenal. I just yeah. don't know what they're going to do with Declan Rice because if I'm in position, <laughs> yeah. if I'm in He's going to squeeze Deck out. Little does he know, 105 million. Um, I, I want, I want um, my family to to... I want my family to be there and everyone to to show my family how much of an impact we've had mm. yeah together and and support my family nice what, do you say not financially just no no be no there, yeah just yeah, like, yeah just you know, stories be there. And yeah i'm suggesting that your parents don't know what you do for other people i don't think i don't think anyone uh knows what i do for other people right i don't i don't really? shout about mm. yeah i don't think so i don't think i think that you don't hear me go out publicly and go, oh, I helped that person, I helped that person. And when that person was in need, I helped them and I gave that much to charity and I've done this. And I've... You don't hear me do that, right? Um, if other people want to talk about it, then then fine. Then, then they're entitled to, of course mm. they are. But um, I just want to do a lot of good. Mm. I just like doing a lot of good. And I think that with, with, a, with a relatively large following, and a pretty significant position in my industry, I feel a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I think there's a lot of eyeballs on us as a, as a business, mm -hmm. but on me in particular. And I feel, I, I, <coughs> fear, um, I feel that there is a, and fear, I feel that there's a lot of responsibility on my shoulders to push the industry forward in the right way. Mm. Um, that pressure? Probably a little bit, but I put more pressure on myself than other people put on me. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is healthy. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I had a funny circumstance actually recently, right? A couple of years ago, Alex might remember this, but someone someone challenged us as a business as to whether or not we were supporting a charity or not. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the principal of the charity um, said, hey, um, called me up and said, hey, you know, I've been told... Um, I've been told that you've been talking about the charity, but you haven't been supporting. And I said, that's, that's, that's not true. I said, that's absolutely not true. And he said, well, you know, we, this is what we've been told by someone else in charity. So I said, hold on, wait one second. I spoke to Zara and I said, have we done our bit for charity? I won't say how much or whatever. And she said, she said, yeah, absolutely. And she showed me and then I called the guy up and I said, look, we've done it. Um, but really it's of no business of the other person who's involved with the charity, is it really? And I just think that sometimes mm. people focus way too much on other people, mm. right? And I think it's our responsibility to do our piece for everybody. Yeah. I, th I think as well, um, if you don't mind me saying, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will say you're arrogant and cocky and all this stuff, but I actually think it's the complete opposite. I don't think you shout about your successes or how much you help other people um, enough. So, for example, I think you should be very proud. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? No, it, it, no it's, it's mad. Well, it's really in. interesting, and I really hope that there'll be people that will watch this podcast and listen to it because there are people. You know, you know, there's uh, Instagram handles, Manny Maggers, Fanny Faggers. You know, all these, <laughs> all these. No, no, seriously, you all these there. horrible. We was joking. Oh, no, they are out there. And our you special know. guest, Manny. Maggers. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Please welcome the man behind the Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> But my, my point is, joking aside, why don't you, why aren't you more vocal about how much you help people and the good that you do? Don't need to. Mm. 
I let, the, I let the people who benefit from it go and do great things. I don't, I don't, I really don't need to. I just like, I want to get my head down. I've always been this person. That I just get my head down. I work really, really hard. Mm. Well, right. think, think about it. Like, imagine if you did that. Just one of your Instagram was like, I just did this. I just did that. I just did this. Just did that. You'd I'm just donated into, you'd play into this much money yeah. to that. Yeah, but I, I don't think, well. I, I don't think like that's, yeah, but I don't think it's entirely fair. Like my Instagram account for the past eight years has been how hard do I work? Mm-hmm. I work hard for my clients, right? I love what I do and I work super hard for my clients. And I genuinely think I like attention to detail is like 10. Mm-hmm. So I don't, my, my Instagram account isn't us, isn't, isn't me bragging about transactions, right? Mm-hmm. And commitments and stuff like that. It's not really been about that. I see my account as like helping future leaders of our industry recognize mm-hmm. that actually it's a slog. Yeah. Like it's hard work. Yeah. And so what is your biggest regret? When did you start out? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say walking in 45 yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> um, my biggest regret. I don't, I don't, I don't recall my biggest regret. Think about it. We've got time. I find that hard to believe. Oh, I'll tell you what. I think there was, um, there was a, um, let me just think. My biggest regret from not training hard enough for football, football, football or this yeah. job. Yeah, but you you had an injury training. No, training I'm probably not tra- Maybe I could have right, trained harder. Next question. I was expecting Sorry, something boring. totally yeah. different. What were you expecting? I don't know. Something tell like oh, it's all work related, personal. I didn't related. call this guy, and then someone else showed him the house, and then oh the no, 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 that's like <laughs> I mean, like that's not that's not something that you will regret for the rest of your life. Okay, would you say you're lucky? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. You sold how much real estate now? But I make my, I, I make my luck. Yeah. A lot. I've sold a lot. A lot. Do five. I think, do I, do I think five billion? Yeah. Yeah. Dollars. Do I think that, do I think I've been lucky? I think I've made a lot of luck. Created a lot of luck. I think sometimes you can get lucky. <clears throat> like you pick up the phone, but then you were the first to pick up the phone. Mm. So you were at your desk and then you picked up the phone before everyone else. So is that luck? No, you created your own luck. So is that is that yeah. luck? I don't know. Mm. So I would train at picking up the phone quickly. How do you train for that? Well, I'd be at my desk and I'd make Saturday sure- Saturday night at home no, in no, flat. Saturday night. <laughs> like this no, thing. like a cowboy. <laughs> when, you're, when you're sat at your desk, some people put the phone really far away from them. Yeah. Right, and then they bring the keyboard close to them and then they're a computer, yeah, nice. whatever fair, it is, right? Like <laughs> now you're I did, I did. Now you're all of my stuff was now like yeah. I mean, like, yeah, this, yeah, is, this is, this is basic agency. So I moved you're asking me when I was younger, this is basic agency. When the phone cut, when, a, when there's a phone call, well, that's my lead. Yeah. So what? So now I'm going to have to lean forward, grab the phone, hopefully catch it before someone else has got it right next to them where they go like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how lucky estate agents are. Mm. Yeah. Right? True. And I just don't believe in that. Yeah. Okay, what's the hardest deal you've ever worked on? Well, I'm doing one at the moment, which is an absolute nightmare. Is that the one abroad? No, oh. that's, that's, that's super hard as well. Yeah, dealing, doing deals abroad is really difficult because you have to navigate <clears throat> personalities and culture, different structure of the industry. Then you've got um, language is an issue and loads of other things that you need to think about whilst you're structuring a transaction. Mm. So that's super complicated, really, really, really complicated. And so talking about difficult transactions, yeah. Um, as we all know, a lot of 
Super Prime and Prime sales take place with a third party introducer. Yeah. Let's say, um, and I'll use Buckingham Palace as, as the best example because I think perhaps it's the most prized real estate in, uh, in London. Yeah. If you could pick, you're representing the seller, if you could pick an agent on the other side to represent the buyer, who would you pick? Which well, some, agent? Someone at DDRE Global, obviously. <laughs> External um, to the business. No, I think the question you're asking me is like, who do I really respect in the industry? No? Is that the question? Yeah. Who would you want to go into a transaction that you know that's going to get the deal done? Yeah. And so who's a good agent that we'd want to represent the buyer? I think there's some amazing agents in the UK. Um, just people don't know about them because the industry is structured in a certain way that people don't know about them. Anyone um, in particular you want to give a shout out to? Depends in regions, in, in locations. Um, I think Ian Green is a very good agent in North, Northwest London. Um, there are agents in central London that are very good, but you might not choose to do business with them. Um, I won't name names. If it's positive, I will. If it's <laughs> negative, I won't. Um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how the new age agents are going to step into this market and realize that the likelihood of them doing a deal between buyer and seller is getting so small that there's a new skill, which is how do I communicate with another advisor, mm. keep them on board, but have a good relationship with yeah. them whilst getting what I want from my client. That's a totally different skill set. Mm. And I think that that's probably the hardest thing for everyone to manage now. Mm. Yeah, because the agents previously, you've been, you've been taught, the agents are your enemies. Yeah. Except yeah. now, Yep. Mm. Yeah, they can friend, be they money, can, money makers and who they, they, they can make you money called, right hundred yeah, percent but there are agents that you you touched on you're not going to name names but there are agents that you don't like working with there are agents that i think make life difficult in a transaction because maybe their emotions get the better of them or uh, maybe they have an ulterior motive or like just other mm. circumstances really when you're acting on behalf of somebody your emotions your best interests have to be to one side and you have to look after your client, mm. right? So I think there's an element of maturity that's required for that. Yeah. But we'll soon find out, won't we? You know, and it's since, not easy. Since starting DDRE, what's yep. your biggest regret or something that looking back, you'd go, I'd do that slightly differently. Like we are free entrepreneurs. We have a business within a business and obviously, you know, and so it'd be interesting to find out I think Alex coming on board. Now. <laughs> oh, this again. Uh, no, no, it's <laughs> the third time. That's okay, it must be true. No, no, I'll tell, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, I think I undervalued um, the, the relationship managers have with businesses. And I think I probably bit off too much. I think I moved out the corporate world. And because of how I did that, I felt that for whatever reason, I needed to prove something. Mm. And so I bit off too much. And I started building Daniel Jaggers real estate, which was which is which was hard as it is because it was COVID. Then we converted it into DDRE Global, which was hard. At the same time I was running we were building a um a training program with two young ladies who've never been in the industry before and I wanted their support and but also I wanted to help them and shape them and then let them grow. Mm. Um then I was bringing people into the business. Mm finding office space and setting up ADVSR, I did too much. Yeah. Um, especially from a standing start, you know, mm. six months long compete and then and then um and then COVID and working from your desk, mm. uh, from your from your dining table. It's tricky. Yeah. That was tricky. So probably my regret would be 
probably for the first time in a long time, emotions got the better of me. Yeah. And I felt like I wanted to go and eat the world. Yeah. I think we did a great job. Yeah. Because um, we've enticed some that's amazing people. I'm, I'm shocked yeah. you said, that's why I'm yeah. shocked you said that's your regret. Because you, you have done an amazing job. We've done an amazing job, but well, it's a I sacrifice have. to other things. Yes, you've done an amazing job. <laughs> we, you, you've yeah. come on leaps and bounds, by the way. You'll get a gold star. Thank you. you. On your fridge. <laughs> that's why I'm here. The gold stars. Pat <laughs> him on the show. Pat him on the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Well done, <laughs> Thank you. But um, do, you, do you feel like now you've proven? You said earlier that I you don't feel think like you had something to prove. Yeah. Do you feel like you've done that yet? Oh, I think we have definitely done that. Yeah. Um, I think we have built a significant business. I was told by somebody yesterday that um, that DDRE Global and Daniel Daggers, there is some sort of league tables to who has influence at the top end of the market. Mm. And both DDRE Global and Daniel Daggers are in position 10 and 11. Wow. Right. There's no businesses that have had that sort of rapid acceleration yeah, to the insane. top end of the market. And so I'm very proud, very super proud of that. But then I asked myself, well, actually, you know, if I had that moment again, would I put the training program on pause mm. or would I put ADVSR on pause or would I be braver by investing in getting senior people to build those businesses out for yeah. me? Um, What's that answer? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't I, think you could do that though. Well, I don't think you could, if you don't mind me saying, release that much control or authority to someone? Mm, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean like, yeah, go and build it, see you later. Like Elliot's done an amazing job with ADVSR, but I'm still the principal of that business. I just give him a lot of rope because I think he's capable of doing it, right? Um, and I think that you have to enable people to do what they're good at. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm not in everyone's pocket asking them every day what they're doing, but I will chase up with people and I have to, if I'm building a business, I have to give you responsibility. I have to trust you with responsibility to go and do what you need to do and feel empowered by it, but know that there's someone behind you who's going to push you mm. and pull you back, right? When you when you need when, when you need it, because you're all young, mm. you're still you know relatively young. Daniel, mm. the business has gone from um, two people to three, and now to twenty four. Is it twenty five people? I'm pleased you can count. Yep, uh, just about in three and a half <laughs> or so years. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? Oh, I've got nothing to do with the business. Everyone suffers with, well, most people suffer with imposter syndrome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, everyone will, everyone will think, do I deserve to be here? But by the f virtue of the fact that you are there means you deserve to be there, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that if you have an attitude where you want to be successful, you need to always place yourself in a, in a, in a, in, in a position where you feel a bit uncomfortable and question whether or not you deserve to be there because that means that you're growing. Yeah, true. And if you feel too comfortable, it means that you're static and you're yeah. staying still, if not if not too far away from where growth will be. Mm. So you Good always way. need to feel uncomfortable. Mm. And, and Good so it. obviously with... Um, Especially when the room's too hot. <laughs> yeah. And obviously hot so with, with when you left, you know, under uncircum... Uncircumcised. circumstances at night, Frank, you know, it was potentially, a bit, and I know you can't talk too much about it under NDA, but it was a, I would say it was a bitter ending. I don't think they treated you right. Would you say you're building your own business, which is challenging the model of the standard corporate agency, you've got something to prove to the people that stuck a few knives in your back? I, I don't know if people stuck few knives Well, I'm in my saying bank. they did. Okay. So I'm not under NDA. Okay. Whoa. Wow. 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 Guns blazing. Would you, would you say quickly. you have something to prove? I think we, 
we've done a lot of the proving already. Yeah, I think that facts would be turnover, um, income, uh, or trust our clients putting us to sell very expensive homes. Size of team, office space, influence. Um, that proves our value. Happiness of staff? Yeah, partially happiness of staff. I mean, like, estate agents are never always happy. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's really simple. Estate agents are the following people. You ready? I did a deal. I'm as happy as a pig in what's it called. <laughs> I haven't done a deal for a little while. I'm sad. I need to change my underwear and look at the tie that I'm wearing. That's okay? actually a very valid point that you raise. Agents like, aren't always happy. That's madness. Yeah. It's, it's not their role. Their role is to manage their happiness. Yeah? Do the thing. You want me to do the thing? Do the thing. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we work with someone and no, I remember you it's saying... Not, it's, not so, it's not somebody. It's, it's everybody. Mm. Everybody is like this. Some people just... Um, their fluctuation of emotion are far greater than others and you have mm. to manage your emotion. There was something about... Uh, I read something or watched something where the, the person who succeeds the most is the person who controls their impulse, mm. right? So yeah. if someone says something not nice to me and I come back at them immediately, they own me. True. I've lost that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. They you, control well, you. you. Well, yeah, exactly. They control you. So what, what I did with the team, with everybody, is, is this was I'm as high as a kite because I've just done a great deal. So now I'm going to go out party and spray champagne and buy myself a Lamborghini and, and an expensive watch. And then because I get so high on my supply, then all of a sudden my lows are so low that I find it really hard to get motivated to come back up again, right? So that is someone who I wouldn't trust in doing business for me mm. because it means they're dictated by their emotions. Yeah. What I would, and we have to recognize that we, we are emotional beings, right? And, and that's a great thing because without it, how do you live? Mm. Plus, you don't know what's good unless you know what's bad, right? If I gave you the same meal every day, you wouldn't appreciate that meal. You have to know the differences to understand what you really like. But I much prefer people that appreciate the highs and understand their lows, to appreciate their highs, to understand their lows. And what you'll find is that if this is your journey, yeah, if this is your journey in your life, someone who does this, if you take that as a piece of string, someone who does this with their emotions, that piece of string is very long, but they don't get very far because mm. their emotions are like this. Mm. They spend so much time thinking about problems and highs and lows. But someone who is considered and thoughtful and considered and thoughtful, that piece of string now yeah. is very long. Mm. Because their career is going to go go far. And, and that's how I look at Talking about life. deals. There's a thing about salespeople having or should celebrate their wins. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Keeps them going. I did that to you, didn't I? You did, yeah. You, do you remember that? Yeah. I thought about that too, but we'll talk about it another time. Um, what's your way of celebrating deals? How should someone celebrate deals as an agent in our position or in the industry? Okay. Do you want the boring answer? Yes. Yeah. Think about every circumstance that deal went through and remember it and understand it. So you'll use those skills for all the other deals that you do moving forward. But how do you celebrate? How do you celebrate? Yeah. You go out for dinner. Is that what you do? So tell us, yeah, yeah. Get out for dinner. Okay, so one thing that I've realized is that w when you come from a very humble beginning, you mm. don't know about what you could do yeah. if you had money spare. You don't. I never knew about Ubers and or, or private 
private vehicles, you know, where you get a driver and a private jet and nice watches and holiday. I knew nothing about that. So I was limited with my view as to how am I going, oh, I've just made X 5,000 pounds. How am I going to go and spend that? I had no idea. Well, do you know what? I want to put a subwoofer in the back of my Vauxhall Corsa. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I remember those. Now, if you ask me how do I celebrate my success now is I love to travel well, mm. right? Uh, so in a car or in a plane, like in a nice seat, yeah. Um, and I like to holiday well. Yep. So nice mm. hotels and places like that. That's how I enjoy it. Yep. Nice. That's, that's how I enjoy it. Mm. I, I made a mistake where I broke up with a girlfriend and I thought I'd a pleasure myself. Don't take this the wrong way. And I would get That's a, definitely going on the 60 No, seconds. don't do that. Definitely don't <laughs> do that. I pleasured myself. No, I knew <laughs> that was wrong. See, that's <laughs> it. See, <laughs> I, I, trust you guys. I broke up with the next girlfriend and I pleasured yeah. myself. And then we'll get, so we'll get the private jet picking as well. <laughs> Someone has to go in your mouth. Should we ask the regret question again? That's so wrong. Anyway, I bought myself a very expensive watch. Yeah. And after three days, I regretted it. So... What Thank did you do with the watch? Did you say, what did you do? It with was watch? in storage, and then and then storage. I, well, I had it hidden somewhere. Okay. And then, uh, do you want to know where? You want my bank details as well? <laughs> um, and then I and I sold it. Thankfully, I made a little bit of a profit. But I won't be doing that again. Mm. Okay. When I met first, when I first met That's Alex, boring. when I first met Alex, he was Louis Vuitton up. Mm. He, he had Prada. You don't mind me saying this? No, go for it. Alex was skint. He had no money, mm. so he had all the flash gear. He had a nice watch and the Louis Vuitton bag for weekends, the Louis Vuitton briefcase and the this and the that. And what was the first thing I said to you? Sell all of it. Mm. Clear your credit card debt, sell all of it, start fresh. Mm. No one cares about your Louis Vuitton bag. And if they do, they're not the kind of person you really want around you. Because mm. it means they value the stuff that you yeah. have, yep. not the person that you are. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Did yeah. you sell it? Uh, whacked it on I saw, eBay. Yeah, I whacked it on eBay. I remember sending you the listing. And then he wants me to buy it. it. <laughs> <laughs> he made a fake account and he brought his stuff back. <laughs> Let's not speak about me. Um, so we've got some big plans. We've got two more questions, by the yep. way. We've got some big plans in the coming months, which I don't think any of us can speak about. We're under NDA. I think we all know no. what we're talking about. Mm. Is there anything you can say about it legally? No. Okay, skip. Where do you, I didn't think so. Where do you see the future of DDRE Global? Um, I, see it, I see it as an even more influential business um, with more trust from clients, with more people. Yeah. Um, making a lot of customers very happy because our agents are very successful Thank because you. we've enabled them I am. and supported them to be very successful. But if they're not though, like Benji, would you sack them, do you reckon? <laughs> no, Benji can always like, he can always carry your bag for you. You True. Vuitton bag for <laughs> you and stuff I'd like that. i do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what's changing? <laughs> <clears throat> that's that's, that's okay. where I see it. And, and it could be, you know, in different parts of the world. Mm. Okay. I didn't ask this question before, but since we have two more minutes left, mm -hmm. you're not very a very emotional person. We've, we've never really been emotional. Well, I've been emotional with you, but... <laughs> Whatever. Um, have you ever... Have I ever cried? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever cried when, at work? When was the last and time you so, cried? When was the last time you cried? What, and so what happened? Tell okay, us right, hold on. Do you bleed? Of, one of you at <laughs> do, a time. Do you bleed? <laughs> so so kind of like when, I, when, I, when I cry, there's black tears. <laughs> uh, um, there is a, there's a reason so why we have asked I cried at, Have I cried at work? Um, no. Nothing that happens at work is worth crying about. Wow. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Your health. I never thought you would say that. It's true. 
But no, would you like, go home and cry? You're saying at work you've never no, cried. No, I don't go home and cry about stuff about work. I get upset about stuff about work. But I don't think there's any... I, I really genuinely don't think that there's any reason why I should cry about work. Like, you guys are younger than me. You've been doing it for 10 years, 15 years, 8 years, whatever it may be. Like, there are certain moments that are new to you. So it feels very impactful for you. When Once you've done it three or four times, you, you know what happens afterwards, which mm. is you get up and you go again, mm. right? Yeah. And so don't cry about work and in fact if if you did cry at work i would be tough with you i would be tough with you like i would console you but i would be tough with you do you think that's how you'd be with your son in the future 100 percent, or daughter yeah 100 yeah. percent. i i think that if you don't teach your kids skills on how to deal with rejection and how to deal with discomfort mm. and how to deal with things in life that you inevitably come across mm. um, and how they handle their emotions because it's foreign to them. Mm. I think that you are Pandering then, to them. Pardon? Pandering to them, yeah. Yeah, I think that you are then um, doing them a disservice. Mm. Was your father like that to you? Oh, my dad was like, my dad's like a teddy bear. My dad's lovely and fun. Your mum was like that really? too. My mum's tough. tough. Yeah, my mum's yeah. super tough. Yeah. My dad was tough. Yeah, yeah, but that's good though. <clears throat> it's good. It's super good. Mm. If you look at the kids that are brought up, if every difficult circumstance you come across in life, it shuts you down, it's because you haven't come across difficult circumstances that you've been able to pass. Mm. And the sooner your children realize and the agents realize that um, that's not good for you and you need to be able to get over these humps, mm. The, the, the quicker Better. people grow yeah I think we might have to do a part two because we could chat to you all day um, and ask so many questions I don't really want that rather you were out there <laughs> yeah. we'll there. charge you next time though yeah. for the he'll charge platform. us I'll charge you guys <laughs> yeah. that was the joke um, do you guys have any further questions before I wrap this up I don't have any other questions and I hope I'm not going to steal your next line yeah. but I just wanted so to say, say thank, you. thank you yeah yeah. For, not for coming on the podcast but for everything yeah. you do for us genuinely oh, yeah. my absolute pleasure yeah. I'm very proud of you guys for doing this Where's uh, the tissues? Sorry, one second. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute pioneers in our industry doing this. I don't know how many other agents do this. Um, I think that it shows elements of bravery. It shows elements of teamwork. It shows elements of charisma. And I think that um, you should all be really proud of yourselves. Everyone in the business is proud of you guys for doing this. And I hope that it is phenomenally successful for you and a great way for you to speak to an audience that I'm sure are going to be really interested to watch you guys grow in the industry and be phenomenally successful and then be mini super primers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. But I mean it. Thank I you. appreciate that. Right. Thanks. Man. Thank you. We appreciate um, you. Yeah, genuinely, I think I'd, I'd love to do another, a part two in the future. Maybe, you know, when we, after many more uh, podcasts. <laughs> Orcs. <laughs> Orcs. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that was great. Thank yeah, you, Daniel. Amazing. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we love you, man. That's the end of uh, episode, was it seven now? Yes, yeah. seven. Episode seven. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to pay the fee and we will see you on episode eight. By the way, just Wait. so you know, I, I don't like this whole pay the fee bit. I think it's more like we would really appreciate it as about paying a fee, right? No, you've got to pay the fee. You've got to pay the fee. You have to pay the fee. And where, you, have to pay a like, fee? you may share. say that it's your clients. But like, yeah. <laughs> and where can, we, where can we find everyone? Where can we find us on our social handles? Oliver.ingles. Alex underscore Evagora. Benji dot Weinberger. Uh, Daniel underscore Daggers. Manny. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Cool. Thanks, okay. guys. To the jingle. To the jingle. To the jingle. <laughs> <laughs>